to start this thing today with a little polarizing nerd juice. I want to read an excerpt from Creativity as God, a Religious Interpretation of Emergence by Gordon Kaufman. I suggest that instead of taking it for granted that God is the name of a creator person who has brought everything into being, we will find it illuminating to think of God as the religious name for the profound mystery of creativity, the mystery of the emergence in and through evolutionary and other originative processes of novelty in the world. Creativity in this view is not a quasi-scientific explanation of why and how new realities come into being. It is rather the word we use to identify and call attention to one of the profound mysteries of life, the mystery of new realities continuously being created, the mystery of complex things emerging from things less complex, the mystery of coming into being of the universe and ourselves in that universe. The mystery of an open and unknown future into which we are all moving. For many, this creativity, God, manifests throughout our universe, is very awe-inspiring. It calls forth emotions of gratitude, love, peace, hope, and fear, and a sense of profound meaningfulness of our distinctive human existence in the world. Issues with which faith in God usually has been associated in the past. It is entirely appropriate, therefore, to think of God as precisely this magnificent panorama of creativity, with which our universe, as well as our lives in this universe, confronts us. All things came into being through the mystery of creativity. Apart from creativity, nothing would have come into being. Hello! Welcome! Welcome to episode two! Well, number two of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. And today, I'm going to attempt to do that by talking about a creative cosmology that I have come to think of as Big C, Little C, as in Big C is the mysterious creative energy that created and is always creating all things, as just described by Gordon Kaufman, who was an American theologian and professor of divinity at Harvard Divinity School, and much to my shock and amazement, a self-identified Christian who was a former Mennonite, which is what I come from. I come from Mennonite brethren and I believe the reason he held on to his identity as a Christian and a Mennonite is because he really resonated with his upbringing as a pacifist. Mennonites are pacifists, and that really resonated with him. But what shocks me is the way that he talked about God in a way that aligned with the scientific explanations of how the world worked and he did that intentionally and he depersonalized God saying that man anthropomorphizes God and that that is not what God is. God is this creative mystery and then 
He was allowed to share his heretical ideas with other Christians without getting shut down. I listened to an interview he did with two elderly Christians, and they listened to what he had to say. I think he shocked them a bit here and there, but it was pretty exciting to me as a person who comes from a fundamentalist Christian family that is still very much fundamentalists. We have missionaries in our family. My parents were the founding members of our church. Someone in my family just told me that the United States is a Christian nation and we need to get back to that. We need to be a Christian nation under the Christian God. (laughs) So I'm pretty familiar with bringing unusual ideas to a clan like that. And it was Very interesting to watch these people listening to him speak this and actually being open-minded to what he had to say. And what he had to say very much resonates with my idea of this big C, this creative mystery. And then the little C is us. We are the little C. We are born creative. We are made to be creative. And in my personal philosophy, God loves it when we're creative because that's how God expands. That is how this mysterious creativity expands. It expands through us. And this is how we co-create our reality. I think it's important to consider your own personal cosmology and where it came from. Your personal cosmology is your own philosophy of life. And for many of us, It is comprised of a collection of beliefs we were taught as fact in our formative years and then never went on to question as adults. Some of us question those beliefs when we are young adults only to go in search of another set of beliefs that we can buy into whole cloth and then we settle into that found preordained paradigm as our new truth and never question it again. And then... There are those of us, us weirdos, who are always questioning and reconsidering our beliefs to the point that, much to the chagrin of the good-believing folk who raised us, keep us in a state of constant flux. So I'm going to be working with a couple of themes here for the Joe DeVoe show. One, I tried to work into a theme song. I shared my failed attempt at that theme song last week, but the lyrics are, life is change, change is magic, magic is life. It starts with me saying, the only constant thing in life is change, and change in conformity with will is magic, therefore magic is life. And just to layer one slogan on top of another, the journey is the creation. Your life is the creation. And you're creating it all the time, constantly, with every choice you make. And in this way, you are God. (laughs) God is moving through you, this mysterious creative force. I do understand that the word God is highly offensive to some people, I have received negative reviews in the past for saying the word God, but I am not saying this in a feminine or masculine or an Abrahamic sense. I am just playing around with this word and looking at it from a different perspective. 
And I don't think it's a bad thing to challenge ourselves. If a word triggers you, that's interesting. That's really deep. Like, why is that upsetting you? I certainly have words that I find offensive and I do not want to hang out with people who say them. I am not saying that some words are not offensive. I'm just saying it's worth examining why that is, why certain words push your buttons, and if there's anything there that needs to be healed. And for me, I'm a person who has needed to do a lot of healing around the word God, particularly because I'm from a family who constantly talks about God as though we all have this agreed-upon consensus of what that is, when they know damn well I am not in agreement. And the reason they can't respect that is because their idea of God puts me in danger. If I do not accept their idea of God, I might burn in hell forever. And they love me and they don't want me to burn in hell. So I've done a lot of healing around that. I understand they love me and they don't want me to burn in hell. And I can love them for that. And still put up boundaries around people proselytizing to me. I grew up in it. It's so funny that they think they need to educate me about the Bible when I was a very enthusiastic reader of the Bible and note taker as a child. I literally grew up in this stuff and I'm not ignorant of it. But they try. Oh, how they try. And one thing I also had to heal is, well, I really love my family and I love to spend time with them. And before every single meal, we all pray together. And for a long time, I wouldn't close my eyes. (laughs) I would just make faces at the little kids or stare at everybody else praying with their eyes closed or just kind of silently protest standing there. And now that I've done some healing around that, You know, in recent years, I've been able to bow my head and pray to this creative mystery, to which I feel very grateful and in awe of and very much how I felt about Jesus when I was a little kid growing up. So to anyone who has made it this far into this podcast and is still like, I hate the word God. Also, I don't agree with you about this big C, little C proposition. I just want to be super clear about something, and that is this. None of what I am saying here is the truth. It is simply one person's ever-developing philosophy, which absolutely will change and evolve over time. So really, this is just a snapshot of one moment in the timeline of my personal evolution. It's what makes sense to me right now. And that is one of the things about podcasting is it's very hard to listen to yourself from the past if you're a person who is constantly changing. And I am. I mean it when I say life is change, change is magic, magic is life. I am very interested in change in two ways. I'm interested in the ways Life constantly changes, and I constantly experience that as a threat. (laughs) That's something I've had to learn to make peace with. And I'm really interested in magic. How do I participate in change? How do I create change? Can I do that on purpose? Can I do it with my mind? Can I do it with my emotions? Can I do it with my choices? Can I do it with my body What is this thing called magic? If magic is change in conformity with will, what can I do? How far can I take this thing? 
I love magic because it is the embrace of change, is the embrace of life. Therefore, I am never in agreement with my past self. I'm always slightly changing over time. I did an episode a while back called Mary Oliver is God and so are you. And I'm a big Mary Oliver fan. I've been posting her a bit on Twitter lately. And I was like, I think I need to listen to that episode before I record this big C, little C episode to make sure I'm not overlapping with the content or contradicting myself. And so I went to try to listen to it and I could not. I could not. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had the experience of hearing yourself on a voicemail or back in the day, an answering machine and finding that disturbing. Like, that's not how I sound. Is that how I sound? That's what it's like listening to yourself back in a podcast. But then also, I'm just so afraid of like, what did I say? I don't even know. What did I say? <laughs> what did I say? Probably something outrageous. I don't know. So I didn't get very far into it before I shut it off. And I was like, you know what? If I contradict myself, I've had a change of heart. I've changed my mind. And if I'm repeating myself, that's fine too. Because I don't expect people to listen to every single podcast I've ever created, much less to keep track of what was said when, when I can't even keep track of it. And maybe that's just one more proof that the journey is the creation. And I'm still very much in the process of that. I'm in the process of creating my life. I'm in the process of creating my own personal cosmology, this creative cosmology. And it's fun to share the journey and not make of it a destination, which is partly why I shared my failed attempt at a theme song. I want to show the process. I want to model a lack of perfection. I want to say... You, as a creator, are worthy of effort, and your creative process is worthy of sacrifice and struggle and many failed attempts, and that there is beauty in the imperfection of that because that is how you grow, and it's how you stay engaged in the process. If you can only stay engaged when it's going smoothly, if you can only stay engaged when you're in the flow, if you can only stay engaged when there's no challenge, you're not really growing and you're not really participating in the reality of life. And to me, the reality of life is creative. Again, it's change. It's constant change. And that means we're going to be constantly challenged, which means not everything we make or attempt to make is going to taste good, sound good, or look good. But it's still worthy. It's still worthwhile. It's still worth the effort. It's how we it's how we flex our creative muscles. It's how we find out who we are. It's how we connect with other people. And that's not a static thing. There is vulnerability inherent in that. I came across this quote recently that I wrote into my day planner. That is something I do a lot. I'm a collector of quotes. This one is by a life coach named Rashid Ogunlaro. And he says, Journeys are learnings, paths of possibilities, blossoming, fresh beginnings. Which is very appropriate because spring equinox is on the horizon and everything is blossoming where I live. 
here in Los Angeles. But also the present moment is constantly blossoming. The present moment is a constant, fresh beginning. That's the beauty of being mindful, and that's the beauty of staying engaged with the creative process of your life. This is going to seem really out of left field, but I promise in a minute you'll see that it's not. The only 12-step program that I am personally familiar with is Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. She was an alcoholic, and she went through AA and the 12-step program, and she hit a wall at the word God, like many, many, many people who join AA do. They have a problem with the word God, and so they're encouraged to connect with their own idea of what that is. It's not presented to them as God is an old judgmental man in the sky holding a tablet They're allowed to define that in whatever way they need to for themselves. For Julia Cameron, that ended up evolving into this 12-week program called The Artist Way. It's in the form of a book, but I really think this book is potentially transformational if you're willing to actually do it like a program week by week by week. It's really famous. Even if you don't know the book, The Artist Way, you may have heard people talk about doing morning pages. That is one of the exercises, the daily exercise in The Artist Way. And you're meant to do that all throughout The Artist Way and then forever afterward, ideally. At any rate, it's a recovery process. She's presenting to you a 12-step recovery process process to recover your own creativity. And she really is the first person that made me start thinking about this big C, little c creative cosmology. Although now that I think about it, before that, Neville Goddard had planted some seeds in my head because I've definitely gone through more than one phase with new thought movement. I just think it's interesting that that was such an influential movement in the West and really is still going strong today in the law of attraction community. And Neville Goddard's idea was that imagination is God. Imagination is God. And he would take that really, really far out on the limb in terms of the implications of that and you being able to create your own reality with your imagination, I am more of the mind that we are in a dance with reality. We're in relationship with it. We're in relationship with life. And so it's a co-creative process. We don't control everything with our mind, although there is and there has been lately a neuroscientist who's been making the rounds in the press. He must have a project or a book to promote. But what he's talking about makes really good clickbait. So I keep seeing it pop up here and there. But he's talking about how the way that you see yourself and the world around you is a controlled hallucination. It's an illusion. And I know many people in the New Age community hold that belief. My perspective on that is maybe so, But if that's the case, my controlled hallucination or my illusion is very much being projected from the shadows. I can't control it. Therefore, I can interact with it as though 
it were the great mystery as though it were something outside myself because it's doing things that I can't anticipate and it's making choices that I wouldn't make for myself. And so I don't find it useful to think of it as an illusion. I find it more useful to think of it as a reality. This is life. This is nature. This is what I'm dealing with now. And the more present I can be to it, the more creative I can get with it. And my life, my experience of life then can become a kind of dance or like one big, long, sustained, ongoing magic spell. It's a creation. It's a creation process. The process is the creation. <laughs> good times, good times, tying our noodle into knots. The reason I bring up Julia Cameron is because I talk about this book a lot, particularly over on Patreon, and we have a channel over on Discord where we talk about it. And the conversation there will sometimes come up about how people have a problem with her use of the word God. And I've seen on her Amazon reviews for The Artist Way scathing, angry, one-star reviews because of her use of the word God. And I totally know where those people are coming from. I absolutely get it because that's for a long time how I felt about the word God and it felt like so condescending and insulting and depending on the context abusive and so I just rejected it entirely. I understand that a lot of people want me to say the God and Goddess and typically I will. I'll say God, Goddess, Source, life force energy, the universe, to try to include everybody. But today, just for today, I'm looking to be provocative in exploring this word in this different way. And when I read those reviews of Julia Cameron's work, it always frustrates me because while I can see their point of view, it also seems like their reaction did not allow them to hear what she was saying about what God is. She's talking about what I'm talking about here. And so maybe some of you will not be able to hear what I'm saying because the word God is so off-putting that I'm being offensive to you right now. But I'm, I'm attempting to explain because this is just so endlessly interesting to me. I am fascinated by this. And apparently that's not going to end anytime soon. This is maybe going to be a lifelong fascination of mine because of the way that I grew up and because I felt a really strong connection to God and then I stopped believing in God and then there was still this thing inside of me that felt like God and I didn't know what it was. And, you know, that took me off and around on all the typical searches that many witchy people go on exploring different forms of Buddhism and yoga and Taoism and witchcraft and exploring everything and Maybe that, for me, was the quest for God, even as I didn't believe in God. I was looking for something to believe in. And my interest in pantheism and then later animism really opened and expanded my mind to the idea that God is not like man. And 
the biblical presentation of God was made in the image of man and not the other way around. And that God is in the wind. God is in the tree. God is in the flower. It's an energy. It's not a human-like being. We make it into that maybe because that's our only way of experiencing that energy maybe for some of us or of trying to understand it. That's the lens through which we are able to at least kind of sort of grasp this creative energy is to put a name on it and to put a face on it, to put many names and many faces on it if you're a polytheist. Some cultures assign an animal nature to God and more specifically gods and goddesses, like different pantheons. And I don't think perceiving this creative life force this mysterious creativity, I don't think perceiving it as God negates the belief in a pantheon of gods and goddesses or a personal God of your understanding. I think it's inclusive. From my perspective, it's inclusive because it's all creative energy. It's all creative energy. Anything is possible. Although Gordon Kaufman's idea is often labeled theological liberalism or religious or spiritual naturalism. And those things have parameters. I'm just a rebel. I don't think it has parameters. If anything and everything is creative, then anything is possible, including the entities and spirits that my witchy friends work with and believe in. And I think I'm going to have to quote Ferris Bueller here. Ferris Bueller said, Isms, in my opinion, are not good. A person should not believe in an ism. He should believe in himself. And having said that, I will read a little snippet from a paper called Religious Naturalism that the University of Edinburgh published because I think it's interesting. It's just all interesting to me. I hope you're able to go on this journey with me. (laughs) This paper says, a religious naturalist seeks to combine two beliefs. The first belief is that nature is all there is. There is no ontologically distinct and superior realm such as God, the soul, or heaven to ground, explain, or give meaning to this world. Moreover, the natural sciences are the only or at least most reliable source of knowledge about the world. The first belief is usually referred to as naturalism. The second belief is that nature, or at least some part of nature, can provide religious meaning, purpose, and value analogous to that of traditional religion. Some religious naturalists maintain that nature and its internal processes is sacred, thereby worthy of reverence, awe, and wonder. I've been learning a lot about the beliefs and the practices of the indigenous people of the area in which I live in, but I'm interested in any story that pops up, any little news piece or article on native cultures Because they were and are people that were in relationship with nature and revered nature. And then, of course, all my pagan friends are like that. So to me, this concept is so expansive and embracing at the same time. 
And just to bring it back to Julia Cameron, who is the one that really got me talking about big C, little c, creative energy, I, I went around and dug up some quotes in which she was talking about her perspective on God. And these are from random sources on the internet. This is not from her book, The Artist Way. But I just thought these pieces were interesting. She said, for myself, I do not differentiate between God and creative energy. I do not picture God out there. Instead, I tend to think we are all made of God, making something more of itself. I love I love a twisty, turny noodle. A person, <laughs> a person that thinks like that makes sense to me. I'm feeling her when she says we are all made of God, making something more of itself. And then of that moment when she was in AA and she started to think of God as creativity, she said, what happened to me the day I got sober was that they said, now, if you want to stay sober, you have to pray. And I was offended. I said, you don't understand. I have 16 years of Catholic education. That's the grease slide to agnosticism. So they said, well, you must believe in something. And I thought about it. And then I said, yes, I do believe in something. I believe in a line of poetry from the poet Dylan Thomas. The force that through the green fuse drives the flower. The force that through the green fuse drives the flower. I said, I could pray to that creative energy. It wasn't an anthropomorphic God. It was a God that captured my imagination. And then she went on to say something that I think really ties into this idea of to will, to will, to will in a world of free will. She said, if we're lacking in either faith or correctly aligned will, we are very uncomfortable. You see, as events unfold, we have a choice whether we fight with events or accept events. I think that acceptance yields us a much smoother path, even though it at first feels difficult. Making this difficult choice of whether to fight or to accept is correctly aligned will. And that is just like, ding, ding, ding. This is everything I mean when I say working with what is and stepping to the edge of reality and being present for it. So that you can work with it, so that you can play with it, so you can dance with it and flex your creativity and be a co-creator in your own reality using magic, using willpower, using what you will. And then speaking of will, this might also create another knot in the noodle. Maybe this is making things more complicated, but this is my personal creative cosmology. An energy I've always associated with God is love. This could go back to my very, very early spongy-brained years as a toddler when I was taught Jesus loves all the little children and everything about God was love, love, love until they did the old bait and switch on me and introduced fire and brimstone in mid-elementary school. Before that, everything was love. God is love. That is something I could experience. That is something I felt. That became a guiding force for me. And 
really, it was an energy that I had a two-way line of communication going on with when I was very, very small to the point where I think when I started channeling in my 20s, it was that same energy, that same direct line to love or Jesus or God or whatever it was when I was channeling and I was very much in a place of completely having rejected all religious anything when I was channeling. This was purely an occult pursuit for me. This very loving energy came through that felt very similar to that experience as a child. And that guidance that I receive when I'm channeling is always so loving. It never steers me wrong. It always keeps me in my wisdom and it guides me in a way that gives me courage and again is always super loving. And I think this goes back to free will and how people will say God is not a loving God. How could a loving God bring us war and all these tragedies that humans experience? And to that, I say, God is creativity. God is creativity. And it is through our own free will it is through our will that we make God in our image. And so you could be centered in love, you could be centered in fear or hate, and you can create from that place. So we create heaven and hell right here on earth right now. And I know I sound like I'm stating these things as facts. I am so not. I am so not. I am not asking you to believe in this. I'm not telling you to believe in this. I'm just sharing a paradigm that I find exciting and useful. It's useful to me. It helps me make good decisions. And it excites me about my role in my own life. So... Who cares if it's true? It's good to ask yourself, does your belief system make you a kinder, more patient, more courageous, more peaceful person? Does it add meaning to your life? God is an unprovable concept. Some would argue that God is knowable through experience, but it's not something you can prove to other people. And yet folks will literally lose their lives or worse, take the lives of others in the name of defending their concept of God. And spiritual abuse of all kinds derives from the belief that your perspective is not only the sole truth, but that all other perspectives are an active threat, or that people need to be saved from their misguided beliefs. I mean, many, many a Twitter argument is born this way. And I'm so not interested in that. I don't want to argue with people about what God is. I do love to hear other perspectives. And I'm super open. If you want to share yours with me, that is cool. I would love to hear it. I'm just not here to debate. I'm just here to explore, to explore. There's a couple other quotes that I grabbed when I was having fun. When I was having fun, I put together some notes to do this episode for you. So I wasn't just standing on my own experience. I'm tying in ideas from other people that have a similar perspective. Neil Donald Walsh said, life is the process through which God creates itself. Again, it, itself. Julia Cameron used that language, itself, as creative energy. Life is the process through which God creates itself and then experiences creation. This process of creation is ongoing 
and eternal. And then Rebecca Solnit said, the self, you, the self, myself, yourself, the self is also a creation, the principal work of your life, the crafting of which makes everyone an artist. We make ourselves, and in so doing, are the gods of the small universe of self and the large world of repercussions. That quote is really neat because it encourages self-responsibility and responsibility to the world at large. It includes that note that the choices that you make for your small universe can then actually have repercussions in the greater experience of the universe we share. So this is just how I think about things. And this is kind of what I do on Patreon and have been doing for years on Patreon. If you like to tie your noodles in knots, maybe you want to join me over there. I don't know. We did just get started with the journey, which is a journey through the tarot, one card, one month at a time. We're working with the Fool card right now, and it's definitely not too late to join us. And there will be a link to that in the show notes. I really wanted to start that journey in the month of the spring equinox because I associate the full energy with the spring equinox. So I kind of crammed my launch into March, this rebrand, <laughs> to try to fit in all the things. And I'm really focused right now on just staying calm and trusting the process and not worrying about how it looks to other people and just knowing I will get there in time. So it's been this very slow, progressive transition into this new thing called the Joe DeVoe Show and these new tiers I created on Patreon. So if you're having fun, if you want to support the podcast, you can do that over there. There will definitely be a link. Or you can just hang with me here on Mondays at noon starting next Monday which is in just a couple days, I'm going to be posting the podcast, mostly interviews, but I will pop in like this to do little solo episodes because I know some of you enjoy it. I enjoy it too. I can talk. <laughs> in case you didn't notice, I like to talk. Thank you so much for joining me, indulging me. I feel like if you made it this far, you really, really indulged me. And so I appreciate you. I would love to hear from you. I hang out on Twitter. I'm trying to get the hang of Instagram. I left Instagram in 2019. I stopped posting and I recently returned and I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't understand Instagram. It's a mystery to me. The algorithm, the feed makes absolutely no sense. It just shows me a bunch of celebrities and then it'll show me somebody like a friend that I follow, but it'll be a post from like four days ago. And then there'll be one that someone just posted three seconds ago. There's no rhyme or reason to it at all. I don't know how to do a reel. I don't know how to do a story. <laughs> so if you want to talk to me or share an idea with me, Twitter is probably the best place to do that. Although I am, I am trying, I am trying to figure out Instagram and decide what I think about it. Or you can just email me at joannadevoe at gmail.com. I'll be back here on Monday with a fun new interview. Until we meet again, life is change. Change is magic. Magic is life. And the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.